Welcome to the Wisdom Talk Radio Show, bringing you insight, illumination, and inspiration in service to the world. We are a collaborative community of explorers in conscious living, conscious business, conscious relationships, conscious community, and conscious evolution. Hi, this is Carolyn Turner with Wisdom Talk Radio, and I've got Edward Dick with me today with Victor Guitar. And the reason that I wanted to talk to Edward today is one, I've known him for many, many years, and I have seen his business go through many changes over the years. But the one constant that has been true, in my observation anyway, with Edward's business is that it's always been true to him, that through all of the changes, he has really honored himself and what works for him and what doesn't work for him. And I work with a lot of business owners who sometimes think that they can't have a business that's true to themselves. So I wanted to talk to Edward today to get his take on business, his business, and we're going to delve right into it. So welcome, Edward. I'm so glad to have you here. Thank you, Carolyn. Thank you for your kind words. Can you tell us a little bit about your business, like where it is, what you do, how long you've been doing it, just so everybody has kind of a background? Sure. Um, basically, I, I, um, I'm a builder of musical instruments, mostly guitars. I have a shop in, um, on South Broadway in Denver. It's on storefront where we uh, build guitars. Um, I also do quite a bit of repairs. I have a, you know, a small staff that helps me. and. Um, we sell some instruments, um, we sell consignment instruments, and probably the, one of the biggest parts of our business that's growing really rapidly right now is that we have a school, I call it the Colorado School of Lutry, where we teach other people how to build guitars, um, both as a potential hobby as well as we have internships and things like apprenticeships available for people who want to uh, pursue what's called luthery, which is the art of building string instruments as a career. Oh, wow. Okay, so you've got a whole lot of things going on. How long have you been doing this? How long have you had the business? Well, I, I've been doing this for 40 years. Um, obviously, I started out just as a, as a one-man shop um, back in Canada, back in you know 1975, 76. And, um, you know, as you mentioned in your intro, I've gone through a lot of different transformations and uh, you know, re-discoveries uh, uh, of, of how to do my business. I made, I've made a lot of mistakes and I've had um, a few, you know, some wonderful successes. And so I've had to change with the times. The music business has changed quite a bit in 40 years. Um, the demands of, you know, my clientele has changed. The status of my clientele has changed. Um, so I've done, you know, but basically, I've been doing much the same thing for 40 years. I started out, you know, building instruments. I did find myself teaching, though, almost immediately. And so, you know, I've changed locations. I've changed. I've tried just working out of my house. I've worked in other stores. I've had my own storefront, you know, which obviously is what I had now. So there's been a lot of different um, iterations of my business um, uh, while we'll kind of doing more or less the same thing. Okay. Do you have one favorite iteration of your business so far? Well, what I do right now is perfect. It's, it's, oh. it's probably, I'm probably having as much fun as I've ever had. Um, 
you know, you know, doing my business partly because it, I, it's very successful in the sense I have a constant influx of uh, customers, both new and old. Uh, you know, constant demand, especially for the um, the instruction that we offer, um, and uh, I've been able to establish some um, you know people who can work for me who can step in and, you know, substitute for me so I don't have to do absolutely everything all the time. So I'm, I'm really enjoying myself right now. <laughs> That's quite something to say, right? After 40 years of having a business, that this is the well, best it took, me 40, it, took, it took 40 years to get here. <laughs> yes, there you go. If you could sum it up in a nutshell, how did you get there? Like, what were the biggest things for you in building a business? Um, uh, that's a good question. I mean, obviously, I had a, initially a very strong passion to be a builder of musical instruments. I felt a strong calling for that mm -hmm. and passion. But then I had to figure out how to, how to make that work in the, in the real world. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the things I learned really early on, both in terms of how, because I had to learn also how to build things, and I, a lot of it was self-taught. It's not that I learned completely everything on my own because I learned a lot from other people but more than anything I learned through observation mm -hmm. um, I realized that early on that you could if I could observe carefully enough and I'm talking now about how to build an instrument if I could just look at an instrument and really observe it I could figure out how to build it and similarly with business I I kind of put you know transform that same um, philosophy onto my business if I could see what worked what doesn't work I could build a business and so you know building my business has been very much a, a matter of trial and error trying new things observing what works observing what doesn't work you know uh, out with the old in with the new in with the things that work for the time that I'm uh, in business because like I say times change you change, I change. So everything has to be in a constant state of, of flux in order to kind of keep up with it. Uh, one of the things I'm hearing you say there has been key is that you haven't been afraid to change. No, in fact, I mean, that's one of the things probably that attracted me to this world to begin with. I knew I wanted something that I could continue learning at for the rest of my life. That was my mm -hmm. initial goal. Um, probably one of my primary rec prerequisites for what I do. I wanted something that I could dedicate myself to, commit myself to, and I would not run out of stuff to learn. Um, I had, you know, dabbled around in a few different things, and I found that a lot of fields for me were dead ends. I kind of, you know, you learn them, and then you have to reiterate what you've already done. Building something like a guitar, it sounds, maybe it doesn't sound simple, but it's, it's it's a very nuanced and um, complex item that requires a constant that that allows maybe I should say a constant uh, learning and evolution of one's you know inner understanding. Mm. I'm guessing then that the guitars that you make today are different than the guitars you made 20 years ago, even. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, and, and my business is different. Like I say, yeah. to me, the building of the guitars, the building of the business are so closely related in terms of how I approach things mm. that, 
uh, you know, and it's exciting to build a new guitar with the new, the best tone. Every one you build, you think, okay, this is going to be the best one I've ever done. And similarly, every day in business, this is an opportunity to make, you know, the best business I possibly mm -hmm. can. And both of those things are uh, motivating factors for me. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so now I've got like five questions all hitting my brain at the very same time. So let me try and one time. <laughs> let me let's. I'll try and start them out. I know one thing that's always helpful to hear is what what mistakes have been made. You know, because it's it's. I think it's a strange illusion that people grow a business without making any mistakes. So you want to talk about stakes in business, necessarily building guitars, because they're, they're yeah. like I say, I, I could talk about either one. Um, in business, what mistakes have we made? Communication. Um, mm -hmm. Every day, you have to communicate with people, and you call it a mistake, but misunderstanding is the source of all, you know, issues. And uh, so, listening to people. Understanding one of the things I've realized is that everyone has a different language, whether they you know they may all speak English. It's not about you know Spanish or French or anything like that. But people don't say what they mean, and they don't mean what they say. Hmm. And so you, as a business person, have to decipher what a person wants and what why they're coming to you or why they're even talking to you. And you have to communicate with them in such a clear manner so as to dissolve all separation and all misunderstanding. Mm. Um, and so the, the lessons I've learned have been large, not totally exclusive to this, but largely relating to how to communicate with other people. How do you do that? The first and foremost thing you do is you take every communication you have and you look at it in hindsight. Go, oh, I could have said this differently. Oh, mm -hmm. I could have. And you take full responsibility for the outcome of that communication. In other words, you don't ever blame the client for anything. Mm -hmm. You always take full responsibility for the outcome of your interaction. Did I make a sale? Did I not make a sale? Did the person walk away confused? After the sale, was he happy? Was she unhappy? Um, was there some, you know, misunderstanding about price? Was there misunderstanding about what was going to, the service was going to be? Um, all these things um, kind of, um, uh, I've lost my train of thought here, but kind of combined. So, the biggest thing is to take full responsibility and to examine, and much in the same way, again, I'm going to compare it back to building a guitar. You build a guitar, you make a whole bunch of choices and decisions. It turns out a certain way, it sounds a certain way, it feels a certain way, it, it, musicians respond to it a certain kind of way. You observe that, you go, oh, I could do this differently, I could do this differently, next time I'm going to try this, next time I'm going to try this. And you keep trying things, and you keep improving and evolving your method of thinking and your method of, of, of choices to try to, bit by bit, improve every situation. But the biggest thing is to never blame, you never, a good, 
uh, craftsman never blames his tools. He never blames his materials. He mm -hmm. takes full responsibility for what he is creating. Similarly, as a business person, I feel like I need to take full responsibility for every interaction that I have. Yeah, I love how you're saying that too. And you're saying it, the way that I'm hearing this saying is that you're doing this as a student, as somebody who's learning. You, and you're not get being hard on yourself either. It's absolutely a journey. I mean, it's it doesn't it, you know it doesn't begin or end. It just it's it's a journey. It's a process. Yeah. And you can, like I say, I can continue to improve today as much as I improved 20 years ago in in a single day. I can even, maybe even do more because I have more to work with now. Mm -hmm. I have more information. I have more observation. I've been around more people. I've had more you know, client interactions. I've had more successes. I've had more failures. So I have more input in my mm -hmm. system to make appropriate decisions. Oh, that makes so much sense. That's a, I think that's a beautiful way of saying that, Edward. Absolutely. So let's see. The, another question that I had for you, this is actually um, changing subject just a little bit because it's going back to something you said early on, which was that right now your business is very successful. You've got a lot of clients coming through, customers coming through all the time, new ones, old ones. And I am guessing that there will be a lot of people out there are going, are wondering, okay, so what is your marketing secret? How are you doing that to get all of those clients coming through? You start with the first client and you exceed their expectations. I tell the people that work for me, we're not here to meet people's expectations. If any, first of all, if you disappoint somebody, they'll tell six other people. If, you, if you're adequate, you meet their expectations, they'll tell no one. If you exceed their expectations, you, they may tell two other people. Now you have two more people, two more clients who are coming to you. So the word of mouth... Um, it's a very slow and organic way of building a business and you have to be extremely patient. It's not something you're going to do in two years or five years or, you know, it took me, like, as I said, it took me 40 years. Um, but your, the goal in each situation you have is to exceed the client's expectations, both in terms of how you communicate as well as in how you perform. And that, I don't advertise, I don't, I mean, obviously I have a website, um, I have a storefront, so that is kind of immediate, mm -hmm. you know, uh, visibility, but I don't spend any money on, you know, you know, ads in magazines or anything like that. I, I mean, it's not that I, I go to guitar shows and I've been to a lot of different events, etc. I meet with, you know, but the essence of it is that when I do have a client, and I, you only need one to start out with, exceed their expectations, whatever that looks like. Can you give us an example of how you exceed a client's expectations? Well, okay, so someone comes to me with a guitar that's buzzing. Oh, it's buzzing at this, at this uh, you know, it's not sounding right. Okay, first of all, you explain to him very carefully, you know, what you can do for him. And that what you can and, and or maybe cannot do for him. Mm. So you, ex again, I come back to the communication. Also, in my case, I give them a very clear price. Because one of the things that people are very um, manipulative with is, is money. So 
they will often one of the, the so that one of the things you have to learn how to communicate with people so the money issue is absolutely crystal clear no room for misunderstanding in my case that means they know up front what they're going to pay and what to expect i always kind of tone down what they can expect so i don't oversell myself i always sell myself a little bit short to give myself a little fudge room so that i can exceed what i've already told them Mm. now when they come back they are paying exactly what they paid everything is done exactly on time i'm never late and that's huge uh, the number of people that come to me you know i say it's going to be done tuesday at four o'clock they'll call call me at tuesday at four o'clock and they say is it done and i say yes and they're, are you sure they can't believe that I am actually doing what I'm set, what I was going to do. There's so many, it's actually very simple because so many businesses don't do what they say they're going to do. They overcharge and they are late. It's just, it's, it's human nature uh, to do that. So, I mean, even that in itself, it's actually done on time. He did what he said he was going to do and he charged me what he said he was going to charge me. It's the simplest thing in the world, but it's not it's, it's 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 actually somewhat exceptional in the world of business. Yeah. Um, when my own interactions with other people in other businesses, I rarely come across that. Mm. And so when I do, I go, wow, there's somebody who I'm going to go back to. You know, you get your car fixed. It's done at two o'clock. The price that they quoted you, yeah. you know. Now, you know, if, up front, if you decide you don't want to have your car fixed, well, you can take it to somebody else or whatever. Um, but uh, just the fact that the person is clear about what they've promised you, and then when you go to your, pick up your car, they washed it. They just did mm -hmm. something simple, like, or they, you know, they, they made sure they didn't leave any, you know, fingerprints on the, on the dash or whatever it was, you know. Mm -hmm. It's a little cleaner than when you, when you brought it in you're going to be excited. You're going to want to go back. Absolutely. Absolutely. So, I mean, I don't know if I answered your question, but oh, I No, I love that. I, I absolutely love that. Because you know what I also love about what you were just saying here is that what you were saying is absolutely under your control, right? Because you, yeah. you get to set the time frame. You know how long it's going to take. You're not trying to shorten it because you think it's going to make the customer happier or something like that you are you're holding true to what you know you can do and deliver on and, and one, one of the one of the things because like i say people are very manipulative with one money one of the things that will come up will say oh well can you do it any cheaper and i i just i say no and, they, and i've even had people say well i can take it down the street and he'll that person over there will do it for like two-thirds the price and i say good for you why don't you go there <laughs> and then you come back well i've heard you're the best and I say, I, I absolutely, I don't, I don't claim to be the cheapest. I do the best I can. I think that's and, and that often when people, and, but you're welcome, welcome to go visit the comp. I'll even give you their phone number. I'll tell you where they are, <laughs> my competition, yeah. you know, and then they, they'll go there or my, my, oh, I have a buddy who works. Can't he, he can do that. I can give you countless stories of, you know, that are, 
you know, pertains specific to musical instruments, um, where people try to, you know, nickel and dime you, I call it. You know, they try to, you know, get a few dollars out of, out of you, you know, make it a little cheaper. And you just, no, you know, sorry, that, that doesn't work for me, um, but you're welcome to, you know, have your friend do it. I mean, I've even had situations where, you know, their friend then does it, I come back, and now I have to charge double because they screwed it up, you know. So it's it's a win-win situation. Now, you have to be willing to let every customer walk out the door. It's a little bit like, you know, uh, I mean, relationships. You have to allow your spouse to be free. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, you're you're going to have problems. Um, you have to allow your customers to be free. You, this is what you, who you are. This is what you can do. This is what you are willing to do. And you have to be very clear in yourself as to what that is and be able to communicate that. Again, that's, that it's, that's extremely simple, but it's not easy to do. Yeah. Linking back to what you were saying earlier, it is, it's that practice. It's that continuously being willing to learn, being willing to do it better the next time than you did it the time before. Indeed. Um, one thing, you mentioned that you've got, you have some employees. I've known times when you haven't had any employees. Uh, let me clarify, because they, I don't actually have employees, but I have subcontractors. Ah, okay. And, so, and, I, and I do this deliberately because I don't feel people should get paid. I don't like the idea of paying an hourly wage for someone. Um, also, there's a lot of paperwork involved. So I pay for performance. I pay for, I give them tasks to do. Again, I'm clear what the task is, what I'm going to pay them to do, and then they do that, they do that service or that task. And so these are, they're, they're sub, in, in a financial terms, they're subcontractors. They have their own tools. They set their own hours. They decide when they're going to work, how much they want to work, when they have holidays, when they want to take time off, when they want, they want to work extra. And I just give them a whole series of things, opportunities that they can do if they want to do things for me. And so it's, again, a little bit of a different um, take on uh, the employer-employee situation. Mm-hmm. It's more I'm offering other people opportunities. There's more work than I can handle. It's as simple as that. So... Um, uh, you know, obviously, initially, it wasn't like that. I could do everything. But I, you know, you know, pretty quickly found out that I, there was going to be more work. I, I mean, I only have like three people right now that I kind of work with. Uh, but I could have 50 if I wanted to. I just, that's enough. Three people is enough. Mm-hmm. And it actually doesn't hurt to have a little bit of a backlog of demand such that, um, you know, the customer actually, you know, may have to you know wait in line a little bit this is specifically true with our our school um i'm booking now for you know next august even though i have classes ongoing classes between now and then um and so and i and some and both two, two of these of the people that i work with i've trained them as teachers as well so they help in the teaching and they even teach some of their own classes now mm-hmm. okay so not employees, they are, they are independent contractors. And, That's correct. And I'm sure, and they're working in your shop. So I'm sure that there are certain ways that you want things done or not done. You know, that there's a, 
because I've, I've been in your shop, I know that there's a particular feel about walking into Victor Guitar. Victor Guitar. I'm, I'm, I'm extremely, I'm extremely fussy and demanding. <laughs> okay. And so, how do you do but that with employees, or not employees, but contractors? And why? That's a good question. Why do they love it? I think everyone likes high standards. Mm. Um, and one of the things I don't ever pressure people on is how long something takes. I don't care how long it takes. Do the job correctly. Mm. And, and I think, I think, I don't know if, if everyone is like this, but I think most people really appreciate that. The problem with working by on an hourly basis is you're, there's always this nebulous thing about how much work you're actually supposed to accomplish in within a, you know, the time frame of a day. And there's always pressure. By just giving them a task, you give them a task, you give them a, a price. They do it quickly, they make more money. But the priority is to do it correctly. And I am extremely demanding. I'm extremely demanding about the cleanliness of my shop, the order of my shop. If the one tool is put out of place, I mention something. I, so I'm being willing to, again, I come willing to say things to people. And because these are people I've trained, I don't ever hire or you know, work with people that I haven't worked with before. So I, I'm always, because and I have a constant influx of students and people to choose from. You know, I have a lineup of people that would love to work in my shop. They would work for free if they, you know, just to have the opportunity. It's, again, I'm lucky because of the field that I'm in. It seems kind of exotic building guitars. It seems exotic and romantic. You know, truth be told, it's a lot of detail work, and it's very, um, requires an extreme amount of focus and diligence. But again, I've, the people that work with me are people who love focus, love diligence, you know, activity, love, excellence. And I don't, if they make a mistake, it's, again, it's not just like a mistake that I will make. Okay, let's see how we can fix it. Let's how we, how we, what can we do to improve this situation? And again, I think people really appreciate an opportunity. Mistakes are not seen as, you know, horrible things. They're wonderful opportunities to improve your level of skill. The whole process, the whole um, situation is set up so that every scenario is an opportunity to learn and to get a little bit better, mm -hmm. both for you and for them. Yeah, and that's a rare quality in the world, it seems, you know, where there's lots of pressure um, I, to get things right. Yeah, no, I, I see that. I see that, you know, like I said, I walk into other businesses. I mean, I love going into other businesses to see uh, what are they doing right? What are they doing wrong? Hmm. Um, one of my earliest experiences when I went, boy, that business is really good, was a speedy muffler. Hmm. I was getting a muffler fixed on my car. I walked in, you know, do you want some coffee? Do you want some water? Sit down. I had made an appointment for, you know, whatever it was, 10, 15. They were on time at 10.35, I was out of there, my muffler was done, they were clean, they were organized, they were, everything was done correctly. Again, I went, wow. I mean, I've been to other repair shops where that didn't happen. So you can learn as much by looking at businesses that are 
stumbling upon themselves and that there's tons of uh, you know examples of that you can walk up and down the street of any city and, and find businesses that are not doing too well and 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 you can walk in and almost instantly understand why they're not doing well i mean i could walk into any business and give them 10 things that could improve their business not that i do that i just do it in my head um, you know because but again through observation is the customer being treated properly is there a lineup is there is there a mess at the trash can is there you know what's the washrooms like you know the, i should say restrooms here we'll call them washrooms in canada well, you know are they clean um you know uh what's the place smell like when you walk in do you feel you know welcome do you feel like a feeling of trust in that environment you know again it depends on the level of service that you're looking for is it unique is it inspiring is it creative um all these things uh you know that i think a business I think it's, again, it's simple to create a, a successful business. It's not easy because you've got to be on top of absolutely everything. You've got to make sure the windows are clean. You've got to make sure there's not flies in the corner. You've got to make sure that there's, you know, I mean, depending on your business, I'm, I'm you know, but uh, I walk into, you know, shops that are full of clutter, stuff that's been on shelves for, you know, two years and it's got dust on it, um, you know. People may not notice that consciously, but they notice it, you know, um, they feel it. Yeah. You walk into an Apple store and you feel this is something special. You know, it's clean. There's not a lot of extraneous stuff sitting around. You know, there's not, you know, horrible music in the background. There's people there. They're organized. They give you a, uh, an appointment. I, I look at the Apple Store as, as one of my models of, of how to run a successful mm -hmm. business. I look at the Apple product as how to run a, make, create a successful product. I mean, there's, there's as many examples there are, there are of lousy businesses. There's also examples of good businesses. And there's a ton you can learn and transfer to your own way of thinking in your own business. Um, to me, the Apple you know, business is one of the most successful businesses in the world. Yeah. Yeah. I love how you're pulling examples from things, from businesses that are completely different than what you do as well. And it's exactly. just emphasizing that ability to learn, to observe, to see. So I know we're winding down here. Um, and I could go on for hours, Edward, because we haven't even plumbed the depths of what else I'd want to talk to you about. Again, so I'm hoping we can schedule another time. And because um, I want to talk about your School of Luthery, because I think there's a whole sure. realm helping um, happening there as well. But just in this amount that you've shared today, oh my goodness, because I think what you've said here are so many bits of wisdom that apply across all businesses because it's yeah. so applicable and i'm so appreciative anything that you want to say to wrap things up no no i think that's, that's great I, I appreciate the opportunity to share and to express myself i mean i uh, that's one of the joys for me is to is to, you know you know and this pertains to the school is to share again we have this innate need all of us do to share and express and so i'm just extremely grateful to you and to uh the universe that, that i have this opportunity 
Yeah, well, thank you very much. I think this will be the first of many to come because I know you've got lots to share and it's so worthwhile and so wise. You can find Edward online at victorguitar.com or if you're in Denver, stop by the shop and say hi. You can find him on South Broadway. The shop is Victor Guitar. This is Carolyn Turner with Wisdom Talk Radio. Thank you so much for listening today. And if you're enjoying what you're hearing on Wisdom Talk Radio, please consider subscribing. You can find us on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for joining us here at Wisdom Talk Radio. We wish you well in your conscious explorations. For more information and to join in the conversation, our website is wisdomtalkradio.com or at Wisdom Talk Radio on Facebook.